Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. Whether furloughed or part of the great resignation, they've birthed the big idea, and those 57 million Americans are contributing more than $1 trillion to the U.S. economy annually. This is what the new normal looks like. You now have a front row seat to creator culture and into the places where the magic is being made. Subscribe now to Culture Factor so your ears are treated to some of the best stories around the world. And if you take the time to rate, review, and share this, please send me the screenshot and I'll give you a shout out on my show. Please reach out if you'd like to sponsor Culture Factor. It is your opportunity to be a part of a show that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 77 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com to be a part of this global audience. So hello, Culture Factor family. Today, I have Sean Walcheff on with me today. And I met him actually through Clubhouse. And we're going to learn all about him. But hi, how are you, Sean? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Excellent. So um, I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about him. Sean Walcheff is the founder of Cali Barbecue Media and the Digital Hospitality Podcast host. He is a restaurateur, a new dad, and a sports entertainment fanatic. Over the last 12 years, Sean Walcheff's restaurant and media business has generated over $25 million in sales. So I hope you're sitting for that one. In San Diego, California, without ever adding another single location, which is crazy. His greatest location curse became his greatest location gift. So we're going to ask him a little bit about that as it forced him and his team to focus on all things digital just to stay in business, which the whole world had to do after the pandemic. So during the pandemic, his team developed a plan to scale with a new model that is three times more profitable than the traditional full service restaurant model. So that is going to be something really cool for people in that line of business to hear about this. And he's currently working on a plan to repurpose 60% of his dining room into a commissary kitchen to service the additional ghost kitchen he plans to add over the next three years. So we will need to dive into that because I'm sure that's terminology a lot of people aren't familiar with. Um, so Sean is also eager to help other founders and marketing professionals all over the globe learn how to better use digital storytelling to share the mission of their brand. So I'm really happy he's here for that reason. Let's dive in a little bit. Uh, location, location, location. You said it was your curse and also uh, a gift. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for us is helping other business owners and other entrepreneurs essentially do what we were able to do. And that's simplify marketing and turn it into media, you know, and I know something that you're very passionate about is having people start a podcast and podcasting has been something so important for us, but we opened our business in 2008 at the height of the economic recession and the restaurant business is a very difficult business to begin with, but we also opened in a very difficult location. And the reason I bring it up every time I, talk to other hospitality professionals, other small business owners, other entrepreneurs is because 
you've heard location, location, location. That's a very common real estate practice. It's not just for hospitality. It's not just for restaurants. And they tell you that because ideally you want to have a location with high traffic. You know, that location will help you build your business when you're talking about a brick and mortar business. Well, what we've found since 2008 in building our business in a difficult location was that it's really that location, 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 it's digital, digital, digital. You know, we opened in 2008, like I said, at the height of the economic recession, but there was another significant thing that was happening at the same time, and that's Web 2.0. So June 29th, 2007, that's a date that I know. My son was born on June 29th, 2017. So 10 years later, my son was born. I was in the hospital when my, my wife was doing all the incredible things that moms do to bring our children into the world. And I was looking, you know, on Google as what significant event has happened. And June 29th, 2007 was the day of the first iPhone. And the reason that I bring that up is because it's an anchor to our smartphone storytelling story. It's really so much has changed so quickly. I mean, we're on right now, we're recording this podcast. iPhone 13 has come out. I'm waiting for mine to to come in the mail. And it doesn't matter if you have an iPhone or if you have an Android, really what matters is what are you doing to tell your story on using that tool? We have the greatest technology ever. We, you and I wouldn't be having this podcast right now if it wasn't for Clubhouse, an audio app. So that audio app had allowed us to develop a friendship over conversations that we had about why it's so important for businesses to launch their podcast, to become an expert in their field. You and I connected we had a separate conversation. You said, why don't you come on to my podcast? I'm so happy to be here to be with people that listen to podcasts because what my grandfather taught me was it, you have to stay curious in this world. If you want to get forward, he was born in a, in Bulgaria on a village. He was born to be a farm boy, but it was his love of reading his love of making himself better that allowed him to get out of that village. So stay curious. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a curious person but then you have to get involved. You actually have to do something with that curiosity. You have to contact Holly. You have to say, hey, Holly, help me launch my podcast. You have to contact someone like me to say, hey, Sean, can you help me make social media easier? Because really, we get so inundated with how difficult digital marketing can be, social media marketing. Am I supposed to be on TikTok? What am I supposed to put on LinkedIn? What am I supposed to put on Instagram? What am I supposed to put on Facebook? And for us, to become a barbecue media business, we literally had to do it just to survive, just to get people to come into our restaurant, to care about what we were doing in barbecue, what we were doing for our community. We had to learn Facebook. We had to learn Yelp. We had to learn Google. And because we learned all those skills in the last 13 years, we've developed a barbecue media business where we can actually go and help other entrepreneurs, other small business owners understand that the internet is easy. It's video, it's audio, it's written word, and it's images. Once you understand that that's all we're talking about here is sharing your story, either through audio, through video, through written word or through images, and then putting it on all these different platforms. The problem is we, and I, I'm guilty of this too. I mean, when I first opened the restaurant, my business partner was on Facebook in 2008 and I made fun of him because I thought he was just trying to pick up girls. <laughs> like, Are you just trying to pick up chicks on Facebook? Like oh, we're trying to so run funny. a business. We're trying to get people to come into our restaurant. <laughs> Facebook was the Tinder back in 2007. <laughs> it, was, it was in 2007, <laughs> 2008. And then I realized we're not able to pay payroll. We're not able to pay for our bills. We need to get find, figure out ways for people to care about our, our products and our services and our restaurant and care about our barbecue. 
and Facebook launched Facebook pages. All of a sudden I said, well, that's a free tool. I don't have to spend money on the yellow pages or I don't have to pay money for radio marketing or TV marketing or mail mailers. I can start using digital marketing and social media marketing. And by doing that, we've literally created an opportunities for ourselves to do all kinds of different things. And that's why we're here today to hopefully inspire somebody listening to this podcast to get from the curiosity phase to the get involved. Because once you start to get involved, you actually start making the mistakes. You jump off that entrepreneurial cliff, that creative cliff where you go, well, what if nobody cares? <laughs> you know, what if I post a selfie video of myself on Instagram reels and nobody likes it? Well, it's not about how many people like it. It's about the habit that you're starting to create the creative process of now I know how to put a video that's 15 seconds, 30 seconds of one idea on the Instagram reels. Now I can take that same video and repurpose it on LinkedIn. And that LinkedIn is a different community. I can put that on Facebook, my personal Facebook page that I've ignored. I can actually talk about my business. So many people ignore their personal Facebook page because they think, oh, my friends don't care. Well, if your friends don't care, are they really your friends? Like <laughs> if I don't, if I can't go onto my own personal Facebook page and post, hey, our barbecue restaurant is trying to raise money in our community for this breast cancer event. If I can't post that because I think my friends are going to judge me for posting something in their feed, are they really my friends? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I love your, your digital first focus and so interesting because digital was so new at the point at which you needed to be focused digitally first. So 2007, 2008, you know, the iPhone was just here. Social media was very new. So nobody really knew what it was about or if it was going to do anything or if it was just a place to play, you know, Candy Crush or whatever. Yeah. And you had the recession. So now you have people who maybe couldn't afford the phone, um, were working harder so they weren't on any social media because it was new anyway. Um, and I think also the restaurant business was so hard hit. So you actually learned at the hardest point in time that the value of it and now that then you get the pandemic so you've been hit a couple of times but you've learned that no matter what the digital still reigns is is that right for you well yeah i mean that you, you said it exactly and that was our greatest our greatest curse became our greatest gift you know if we opened up our restaurant in downtown san diego and we had this you know we paid a lot of money for great real estate and we were downtown and all of a sudden we were successful. We were making millions of dollars right out the gate. We wouldn't have relied on social media marketing. We wouldn't have cared about Yelp. We wouldn't have learned how to improve our own website and move over to WordPress and to start to learn what search engine optimization is and start to figure out how do we become an e-commerce company? How do we become a technology company? We wouldn't have learned about why should we start a podcast as a restaurant? We wouldn't have learned why is a blog important? All of those things were out of pure necessity that we did it. And we also were tired of getting ignored by traditional media. So traditional media, the magazines, the newspapers, the local press, they didn't care what we were doing in our part of San Diego. Like we thought we were doing something great. We were really, you know, doing something different, unique, impacting the community, bringing people together, but nobody cared. So mm -hmm. what happened? We started sharing our own story. We started yeah making our own videos. We started telling our own stories through audio. We started sharing our own 
pictures of the community and the charity events that we were doing. And as we did that, now we have all these other legacy media coming out and contacting us. Whereas before we were begging, we were begging and no one cared. It was just crickets. And that's the thing that really, you know, I hope anybody that's listening to this podcast starts to understand is if you have a product, if you have a service, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, we all need press. We all need bigger stages for people so we can amplify our message so that we can make a bigger impact in the things that we want to do. But we're also our worst enemies is that we don't realize that nobody's going to tell your story better than you. Like Holly, you you are the best ambassador for your business. Mm-hmm. That's why when you go on Clubhouse and you speak on these stages and you have so many people that follow you, influential people that want to hear your voice, they want to hear your voice because of what you've done with your podcast. I mean, a top 2% podcast in the world, that that is so significant <laughs> because there's two over 2 million podcasts just on Apple Podcasts alone. And to stay with something for this long and to continue to adapt and continue to evolve, it's incredible, but it, it takes courage and it takes a commitment and it takes consistency. Absolutely. Consistency is so important. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting though, what you went through, um, and it's really sad because you really need to have massive influence on all of these platforms to be recognized by other channels like press and so forth, which is why you have to become agile and do it yourself and hope that you tap into an audience. Um, but you have to do, you have to do the reps, right? You have to get on reels and you have to, you have to do all of that. Well, I mean, that's the beauty is that, you know, everyone, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred followers on Facebook or you have a thousand followers or you have a hundred thousand. We all have influence, but we don't tap into our influence the same way that we in real life, what we do in real life, how we communicate with our husbands, our wives, our school boards, our coworkers, we have influence. We share our story. We tell people who we are and what we do. But when it comes to how do I share that story online, who is, who is Sean online? I had to get over myself. I had to get over the fact that I used to judge people that took a selfie. Like I used to be the person that said, well, why is that? Is that person so conceited that they have to take a selfie of themselves? Well, it's actually just very economical to have an incredible tool in my pocket <laughs> to take a 4k video while I'm on vacation in Puerto Rico with my family. I'm on vacation. Why would anybody care? Well, turns out people do care. People are watching people on Facebook, people on Instagram, people on LinkedIn, people on TikTok. Literally, they saw my videos and I had three different people said they will now book their trip to Puerto Rico. Like it's not because I'm some huge influencer. It's just I have friends that are looking for things to do, looking for and the tools that we have now exposes people to what other people are doing. Holly, when you go out and you go to a podcast conference event, you're promoting that podcast conference event by producing content, by making video, by making audio, by sharing these stories of the things that you're doing and the things that you're learning. And our tribe, that's how we build our tribe. That's how you built a community of incredible people that listen to this podcast that are encouraged by your words, by your guests' words. And those are the things that drive me every single day is because we're, we're nowhere close to where we will be. I mean, we're just in the beginning. You know, we've got the greatest gift of all time. We're building on the backs of giants. Literally, no matter what you feel about 
Jeff Bezos or how you feel about Mark Zuckerberg or how you feel about Bill Gates, like none of that matters. They've built this technology that's in our pocket. Literally, it's in our pocket. I know. So it's just crazy. up to us to use it and then to publish. Like the publish part is the part that's so hard. It's so hard because we want our words to be perfect. We want the image to be perfect. We want that curated Instagram feed of like, oh, it's a perfect. Nobody's feeds perfect. Real life isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Struggles, successes, failures, bumps, bruises, you know, the Instagram versus reality. Just before we started this podcast, we talked about, you know, traveling with children. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old that we took to Puerto Rico with my wife. And, you know, we posted amazing pictures on, you know, pristine beaches, white sandy beaches with you know, beautiful crystal clear blue water. And we were enjoying the time and had this just made these magical moments, these family moments, but there were struggles in the airport with my son kicking and screaming in between Starbucks, like not wanting to get on the plane, making a huge <laughs> scene, us wondering why we're traveling for 14 hours, jumping from plane to plane. But then, you know, we have those memories because of that smartphone. You know, if I was traveling with my grandfather back when I was 21 and he was taking me through Europe where we wrote his life story, and we went from Spain where I was studying, he picked me up and then we went to London and then we went to Germany. If I had that smartphone and I could capture those mem memories, I would be showing them to my, my children, my son, my daughter, and we all have them, but we don't choose what we choose to do with it is, is really the question. Oh, that trip sounds amazing. That would have been nice to have a smartphone back then, right? It would have. Oh. Well, um, what I'd love to do, actually, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, when I was reading a little bit about your bio, there was a couple of things, especially being in the restaurant industry, um, some things are common, uh, language is, is kind of common amongst your people, <laughs> yeah. but perhaps my people aren't as familiar. So can I ask you to jump, jump into the commissary kitchen? Sure. Yeah, so they're really what's happening now and what's been happening, if you're familiar with Domino's or if you're familiar with Starbucks or Chipotle, any of these big brands, what people are starting to realize is that you can't discriminate how people get food anymore. Like we have apps like Uber Eats, we have apps like DoorDash, we have apps like Grubhub, depending on where you live. These are delivery apps. So you go on your phone and you search for a hamburger and there's a bunch of different brands that are going to come up. Some of those brands that come up are what they call a virtual restaurant or a ghost kitchen. So there's not an actual restaurant down the street that you can go and sit down and eat that hamburger and fries, but you can order from a kitchen that will deliver you a burger with fries. Hopefully that burger tastes as good delivered as it does if you actually went in to eat it. The brands that are going to win are the ones that understand it's all about the packaging, it's all about the quality, and it's all about the speed. So it's slow food fast is what we're building. We're building the Amazon Prime of barbecue in San Diego. We had an existing restaurant, full service. It could seat 250 people. But during the pandemic, we realized how powerful digital is. We realized how powerful it is to be on Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub. And we built our business so that People in San Diego, there's 3 million people in San Diego. We want to make it as easy as possible for somebody that wants brisket 
to just go on their phone and order brisket, whether they're in Pacific Beach by the beach, whether they're in East County, whether they're at the Little League field, if they want barbecue, it takes 14 hours to smoke a brisket. If they order it, it's our job to deal with the logistics and get them that barbecue. They don't have to come all the way to our restaurant, drive 45 minutes across the county, wait in line for an hour, maybe not be able to get it. What we're building in this commissary master smokehouse is essentially a distribution model for great barbecue. That is just amazing. Wow. Does it does it go all the way to DC? I'm just curious. <laughs> We're working on that. I mean, but that's the that's the beautiful thing is once people start to understand, and this is, you know, a lot of the work that we do with restaurant owners is it's no longer just your village. You know, it's not just the village and your surrounding areas. If you can develop a product that travels well, there are companies back to building on the backs of giants. There's companies like Gold Belly that will allow us to distribute barbecue, somebody that wants barbecue sauce. We, we, we ship barbecue sauce globally now, and every company has to start thinking like an e-commerce company, even if you're a restaurant. Wow. That's, that's a lot for restaurateurs. I know you offer to consult with people. I think we had talked about that at one point in time. Is that still available to you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we right. do that. We do that on a daily basis. Actually, we, we meet with restaurant owners. You can contact me anytime on Instagram or send me an email, Sean at Cali bbq.media. We, we love talking about ghost kitchens, digital hospitality is what we call it. Restaurant owners were really good at hospitality. We wouldn't be in the business. We're not in the business to make a bunch of money because it's a very difficult business to make a lot of money in, but we're in the business of hospitality. And one thing that we do really well is within the four walls of our restaurant. When someone comes in, we know how to make memorable moments. We know how to listen to people, make them feel welcome. The restaurants that will win into the future are the ones that understand how to extend that hospitality online. So how do you treat somebody on Facebook that writes a review, that writes a comment on your wall? How do you make them feel the same way that you do in the restaurant? How do you make them feel that same way on Twitter? How do you make them that feel that way on TikTok, on LinkedIn? When you do that, whether you're a restaurant owner, small business owner, entrepreneur, creative person, if you can do that with your business, you'll stand out in front of everybody else. That is such an amazing way of looking at it. Um, I definitely are going to put the links in the show notes from that, but I don't want to end this podcast yet because I still had more questions. So I think sure. I sort of jumped ahead on that one. I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes, that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. Recently, you posted about a relationship with Toast, right? Yes. Toast Tab. Would yes. you like to share that story a little bit? Because it's pretty I, amazing. I would love to. Yeah. So one of the things that we teach small business owners and entrepreneurs all the time is there's two ways to look at social media. And social media, there's the business to consumer. So as a restaurant, we make barbecue. So we would post a picture of barbecue ribs. Hopefully somebody sees the ribs and they're encouraged to come into our restaurant for lunch. 
order barbecue ribs. Well, there's a really incredible opportunity for business owners to start looking at social media from the business to business side. So as a business owner, we have vendors that we buy things from. We have food vendors, we have uh, equipment vendors, we have technology partners. If we can start to create stories about why do we buy from them, they also need social media as well. So they need content as well. So now there's technology coming not only into the hospitality space, but into every space. There's all different types of technology companies that are coming in to help solve problems, to make us more efficient, to make us scale our businesses. If I'm, if I'm a small business owner and I have a list of all these different partners, Toast is our technology partner, our primary technology partner. They are a point of sale company um, that comes within our restaurant. We had a point of sale company before called Aloha. We switched over to Toast. So most restaurant owners, they make a change, but they're not going to create content. They're not going to do smartphone storytelling. What I did was with my, my business partner and general manager, him and I got on video and we made a toast unboxing video of our hospitality technology equipment, hardware and software. Seems like a ridiculous thing to make. Why would anyone care? Why would, why would we make a toast unboxing video? Well, my son's four, like I said, he watches monster trucks get unboxed. And he watches these monster trucks get unboxed by two kids that make $20 million a year on YouTube unboxing toys. This happens on TikTok. This happens on Instagram. This happens on YouTube. But there is something with unboxing. And if you can think in your business, if you're a photographer, you get equipment. When you get that equipment, somebody put love and care into making that. Somebody that is Sony or whatever camera company that you're using. If you're a podcaster, we have mics in front of us. Somebody made this equipment. Somebody needs social media to promote who they are and what they do. And who's going to sell that better than you? Literally, you can create marketing content better than their marketing team can and content that their sales team can use. So we made this toast unboxing video. It was so powerful. The entire company, the CEO, shared the video across all of their social channels. So literally within a week of us launching with this technology company, we were already connected to the CEO of the company. One year later, after making all different types of content, continuing to work with them, sharing our toast story, sharing all the different products we were using, we were invited as one of, there were 20 customers out of 50,000 that got invited to their IPO. So they had an IPO in the New York Stock Exchange and we were invited as a single unit yes restaurant. So we grew, now we're three, we have three uh, locations. But when we got invited, we were a single unit restaurant. We got to go to their IPO and it's all because we're willing to share the story. That's incredible. I mean, that is just so heartwarming that you could do that and grow and be recognized by such a big player. I think a lot of people feel like it's not, it's an intangible thing. Like if, if they do a video about, uh, you know, their phone or, you know, whatever yeah. that it, it gets unseen. How incredible that you were able to reach the CEO. That yeah. is crazy. Well, anybody can reach any CEO. And like, that's the beautiful thing about content and about storytelling is once you develop the habit, you start to look at things in a different way. So you can start to develop relationships on a platform like LinkedIn, where Toast has 
right now over 2000 employees on LinkedIn, but I can start to develop relationships with my local reps who I have relationships with. I can create content that I tag them in. This is literally toast content for them. And it goes to all their people that follow them, all the other hospitality. And this is like how the snowball effect starts to happen. All of a sudden people go, well, who is Cali barbecue media? Why are they making content for toast? Our other technology partners reach out and they go, can you start to make content for us? So we start to make content for them. Now, all of a sudden we have multiple different hospitality relationships where they're promoting our podcast because they know organically we're already talking about their technology, but they also are looking for opportunities for us to help them create content. That's so great. Are they, are they sponsoring your podcast? We're very close to closing. I'm not going to jinx anything, but we're very close for four years after launching our podcast and spending, allocating our marketing dollars to media dollars to, you know, producing the podcast, publishing the podcast, creating a blog, um, four years down the line. Now we're very close to monetizing, um, the podcast and creating all different types of revenue streams that have never been uh, seen before for restaurants. That is so incredible. You know, it's a conversation we have frequently (laughs) about podcasting and and how to monetize. And I think a lot of people say, you know, when they start a podcast, uh, you and I have been in rooms with this. um, The first question out of their mouth is, how do you monetize? (laughs) And it it is funny because you really cannot monetize straight out of the gate. It's, It's a tool that gets you there. Um, and it's a tool that you can run your own personal ad on, right? But it it takes a while for that process. There's no magic bullet in anything. It took you four years and yeah. you were successful and it still correct. took you four years. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So very, very interesting. Um, so you are a consultant actually to to chefs and restaurants but what you do is so applicable to any business um are you finding people reaching out to you um that are not in hospitality or do you are they still circling that that pond yeah no it's it's incredible and it's really exciting for me is that i mean we have coaching clients all over the globe and they range from people that are actual publishers so legacy media they literally are print publishers we have people that are business coaches um, that i'm coaching them on social media strategy video strategy specifically um, and then hospitality people that are interested in the ghost kitchen space digital space but for me the the greatest gift is that it's really simple. (laughs) You know, it's, I, I, the simplicity of it is the thing that I'm most excited about when I get to work with people and get over their hurdles of, well, nobody's going to care. Well, why should I do that? I need a professional video team. You don't need a professional video. You have everything you need. And it is there, the cost, there is no barrier to entry. The barrier is you. Once you decide to start sharing your story, once you decide to start developing the habit, of posting one video per day, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and then understanding, well, I'm gonna publish it on LinkedIn. I'm gonna publish it on TikTok. I'm gonna publish it as an Instagram reel. I'm gonna publish it as a Facebook. And those things will change, 
but it's the skill set of now you're confident in doing it. And the next day you're going to tell a different story and a different story, or you're going to have someone else from your business tell your story. The more stories that you tell, the better you get at telling your story. It's like a comedian. All of the greatest comedians that we know, we see the polished product. We see the Netflix special. Do you know how much time they spent working on those jokes? How much time they spent crafting the perfect word set to get you to laugh at those different inflection points? Those are the hits. Those are the greatest hits. Like, but all of a sudden we think that we can just go and put on a Netflix special and we're, we're bummed out when we don't have a stadium full of an audience. You got to start somewhere. It's true. It, well, you know, a couple things there. You know, I do want to point out that um, for people who do watch what's happening, um, like with Instagram, they now announced everything's video first, whereas they used to be static photos first. Um, and it's, it's true. They are optimizing and they are giving the platform to anybody who's doing video. And I actually looked at my insights before I jumped on this call with you. And my reels get in front of something like 10,000 non-followers. Yep. Non-followers. My posts, which are generally people who already follow me, yep. they get airtime, but I will say like 80% of those that like or engage or impressions are people who already follow me. So you want traction with the non non followers, right? You want to, you want to gain followers. You want to gain that. So what you're doing with the video is so critical because most of the platforms have converted to optimizing for anything that's video. So you cannot stay static and post pictures like you did on Facebook or like you did in the beginning on Instagram or LinkedIn or any of that. You have to convert. Yeah. And the, I mean, the, the greatest thing is that, like I said, if, if you're listening to this, you, you control your destiny. If you're listening to this podcast, you can either make the decision to start to practice every single day with taking video, short form video vertical video. I'm not talking about big production equipment. I'm not talking about hiring a videographer. I'm talking about a vertical video. That is literally what the internet is rewarding right now. A vertical video, one idea, less than one minute, one idea, and post that onto LinkedIn, post it onto your personal Facebook and do it. But don't just stop there. Do it the next day and then do it the day after that and the day after that. And until you do it where it's just, a, it's literally just like checking your email. Every single day you check your email, every single day you post a video. If you make that commitment, you will look 30 days down the line and you'll see what works, you'll see what doesn't, but most of all, you'll have improved and you'll start to learn the nuances of LinkedIn, the nuances of TikTok, the nuances of Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, Twitter, wherever you're putting that content. And most importantly, you need to put the content on your website. That's the thing that I, I have to make sure that I stress is as much as I love social media and I talk about social media, nothing is more important than putting this content on your mobile first website. People post once a day on Instagram, literally blogging on Instagram. Yet when Instagram goes down, what happens? The whole world freaks out. 
you have to have an e-commerce platform where you're driving people to your email newsletter, to whatever product or service that you're offering. Everything that we do all funnels to calibbq.media. If you have any questions about how we do any of that, you know, like I said, please reach out. Um, I know you'll put links in the show notes on how to do that. You know, it's so interesting because I have this conversation often. I We've had it together um, and it's one worth noting because I'm not really sure I've had the conversation much on my podcast because it just wasn't, I haven't really had such an in-depth conversation with somebody about social media, but um, you know, what Sean is saying is a hundred percent correct. It's a thousand percent correct. You know, once Instagram goes down or Facebook goes down, which it has, once LinkedIn changes its whole algorithm system, which it did, once, you know, um, Twitter changes their algorithm, which I'm sure they have and they will, um, it changes the trajectory of who sees your posts. And it can also, if it shuts down for a day, can cost you, cost you money, like if you're running ads through any of those channels. But the place that is your own digital real estate is always your website, number one, right? If you have a newsletter, that's the bonus round because your email list is also your digital real estate. And the other thing I tell people is that you really do wanna pay attention to your SEO, which is your search engine optimization, because all of the major platforms that act like Google would be like YouTube, Google, and Pinterest yep. really are for search engine optimization. Now, granted, they they are apps. You know, YouTube is an app, essentially, and, and so is Pinterest, but not in the same way that Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram are. Like, they're, they're a little bit different. So um, those things, I think, are really critical to people. I think I would say, you know, pay attention to that digital real estate you know, especially your website and focus on creating whatever is most popular, which as you, you were saying right now, everything is video forward, right? Video first, short form, short, yep. short form, form video. vertical, right? Short form, vertical, vertical, and like 30 seconds, short form, correct? 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's not highly produced. I mean, literally the things that you do within the Instagram real app, just using their editing tools that they have in there. That's what they want. That's what TikTok wants. And then you can use those videos on LinkedIn. LinkedIn wants vertical video. I mean, literally, I, I saw a post the other day, an unscientific post, but someone put how many, how many people are reading this post on mobile and how many are reading this on a desktop? And it was 80% on mobile, 80% of people, which makes sense. No, it's, I see that with my stats on Instagram. I haven't yep. really studied it on LinkedIn, but definitely mobile first, yep. uh, for sure. Very, very interesting. This is so great. I'm, I'm actually really glad we had we dove into this part of the conversation because um, I love the hospitality piece because I'm from from that world as well. Um, but I think understanding how we have to be able to move seamlessly between the new digital first world and the things we love to do like cook and and serve people or whatever is mm -hmm. what you might be making soap whatever it yeah. is you're doing you have to find a way to blend the two yeah
And I think Sean is the guy for that. So I'm <laughs> definitely going to put all the links in there. I think I'm going to have to reach out to you, Sean, because Please. I I don't even think I got the same game going. Um, and well, and that's actually, I mean that's a beautiful thing, Holly. Is the thing that I love the most is like by no means am I the expert on TikTok? Am I the expert on LinkedIn? But I'm just willing to go and make a bunch of mistakes, you know, and surround myself with people like you that push me to be a better podcaster, push me to be a better moderator on Clubhouse. You know, you have so many skill sets. And when you surround yourself with people that inspire you on a daily basis, you put yourself in that category where I see the work that you're doing and I want to do better. Or I reach out and I ask you, I say, hey, Holly, how do I do it? You know, stay curious get involved, ask for help. Those are the three things my grandfather taught me that I continue to repeat on my podcast that I continue to repeat on any stage that I speak to. Stay curious. I mean, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're curious, but get involved, you know, be willing to fail, fail fast, fail more, mm -hmm. because that's where, you know, being uncomfortable, doing that selfie video that I know most of you listening to this are cringing at the idea of doing a selfie video. Like you're a teenager. Like You really want me to do a selfie video? Yes. I want you to do a selfie video, do a selfie video and then do it again the next day and then do it again the next day. And if you have questions about it, reach out to Holly, reach out to me, reach out to someone that you admire. There's never been an easier time to get involved with the people that inspire you to move your life forward. Well, thank you for that. I, I'm going to be really honest. I'm not a pro at that. Um, I struggle with it. Um, talk about failing fast and forward. Um, I'm not really good at video. Like I, I have a, an extremely visual eye from, from being an artist. And so I'm always looking at other things, not myself. Yes. Um, so it's really difficult for me to turn the camera. So I'm going to suggest, um, that not only Holly stay curious and reach out to Sean, but that other people do as well to, to learn how to move past that. And, and maybe we can come up with some sort of challenge like the Sean Walchef challenge, uh, 30 second videos for 30 days um, or something like that. We're, you and I should we, crack We something. have a crazy challenge. If, do if you? You're, we All right, do. share, it's, share, it's share. It's the three TikTok 33 challenge. So the reason why I love TikTok so much is because TikTok number one, depending on the age group, it's going to make somebody cringe and go, I'm not going to be dancing on TikTok. Well, TikTok is an incredible business platform. It is an incredible, it's the best way to grow organically right now. And TikTok forces you to do short form video, short form vertical video. So three TikTok 33, it's three TikTok videos per day for 33 days. That gets you to 99 pieces of content. If you can do that for 33 days, which we did, I did with other uh, two other hospitality podcasters, uh, Jensen Cummings and Kyle and Sarah, both phenomenal on TikTok. Um, and my producer Stover also did it for our Cali barbecue account. But by doing it, we learned more about Instagram. We learned more about LinkedIn. We learned more about Twitter. We learned more about ourselves. We learned more about cell phone, smart, smartphone storytelling by doing it. We were very uncomfortable, but it also helped us to repurpose old content. So there was old podcast episodes that I had that I brought back and then I get to see, you know, I have a great data set to look at and go, well, what's performing well and what's, what can I do better? That is amazing. So maybe we should do that. I'm going to put, do you have a link to that? Like on your yes. website? Okay. Yeah, I'll, so I'll send you a link to that for sure. Let's do that. And, um, maybe I will be one of the first people that does yes. it. And um, tag me at, at Sean P. Walchef. So at 
S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. And that's tag, on tag and, me on TikTok. And that's on TikTok. So I am on TikTok, Beautiful. but I have like two followers the other one might actually be like my mom or something who the well, hell you have knows? three followers now because i'm gonna follow you right after this i'm queen of podcasts okay that's beautiful that's beautiful <laughs> so do follow look at me i'm totally blushing i'm See? gonna be terrible at the three three thirty three no you're you're already producing content that's the best part about being uncomfortable yeah. is that you've you've done the hard holly the work that you've done it i can't stress enough how i'm impressive it is the work that you've done to create a podcast to create a show to create a global community of what you're doing you're already doing video and audio storytelling you just need to think of it differently and repurpose it for tiktok which helps you repurpose it for instagram which helps you repurpose it for linkedin yeah i gotta get better at that and now i now i have somebody to to uh, lead the way you know i'm gonna be leaning in on you now there you Sean. go no problem please <laughs> thank you so much sean i i know that the culture factor uh, community is going to love all of this because I think we tapped into a lot of really unique things that um, I think everybody can relate to. So thank you. Well, I, I look forward to the selfie videos. Please, please tag me and please uh, <laughs> stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask me for help. Thank you. That is a perfect ending. Thank you. Thank you.